Hello and welcome back to Casting Nets Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Pastor Will Harley. I am joined here in the studio, which is also my office, uh, with Pastor Dave Rudot and Hello. our reoccurring guest, who hopefully will maybe be coming on more on more often as he is comfortable, uh, Pastor James Enderly. Would you like to say hi? Hello. All right. So we have uh, two hellos and... As we were prepping for the wonderful show for today that we wanted to bring to you, we were we were talking about some of our, our fears, and um, for the two gentlemen that are with me, it seems that their fears are not being ready for a show um, and having notes all drawn out for them. Um, I'll just let you know my greatest fear is public speaking without pants. has nothing to do with our show topic for today, um, but a good way to, to maybe get some get some of those fears out and and prepare for our christmas celebration yeah, one, yeah once they're out then you can face them right? you can you can once i mean once people know about it you're like okay this is now well and anybody who knows step. me knows i just make things up anyway so talking has never been an issue it's it's without the pants yeah um as we get together for today though our topic is a uh, war on christmas and um multifaceted type of topic not probably where you're thinking we're going to go and hopefully we'll surprise you a little bit. Uh, but before we get into that, we do want to say hello to all of those who are listening to the Raised with Jesus podcast as uh, uh, we are now sort of broadcasting through them as well. And so we welcome uh, you to our show and to our listenership. If you would like to reach out to us, um, anybody who's listening, please do so through our uh, email, which is castingnets.com pod at gmail.com or our Facebook page or speak to us in church, um, anything that you can do to, to sort of get a hold of us. And I think that's about it for our introduction, except for our disclaimer. This is going to be a multifaceted conversation. So we are probably not going to be as organized as we would, as James and I would like. Will is going to be, this is great. This is a challenge for him. He is just in his element, using all of the gifts that God has given him to speak off the top of his head without any pattern whatsoever, without, without any organization or path whatsoever. Just what's coming on in uh, Will's mind is what is coming out of his mouth, where James and I are usually guys that are want to know what we're going to say before we say them. So this will be a fun show for you. But on the other hand, we are just speaking off the top of our heads. You are joining in in a private conversation with uh, three pastors. We're going to talk about something that's important to us that uh, is a, a big part of our existence is that the Christ was born for us. But then we're also looking at this is a, a information that is in a world that is opposed to it and also in a world that is uh, vaguely aware of this, the happenings that are going on at the end of December. So, dear listener, as we're, you're listening to us and uh, you hear something that offends you, like the f idea of Will's greatest fear. That offends everyone. That might that just offends <laughs> everyone who sees it. Not the fact that you have the fear, but just if this fear was ever realized. Uh, if something offends you, we encourage you to tune in to something else. We encourage you to reach out to us and talk to us because sometimes the thing that we say uh, makes sense to us in our mind at the time that we say them, but uh, uh, it may not come 
come across that way. So we encourage you to reach out to us, castingnetspod at gmail.com, Facebook page that we have, Casting Nets, or uh, speak to us in person over the next couple of days or, or the next couple of weeks. Um, or listen to something else. Uh, listen to some other podcast that we have or uh, just tune, tune us off completely. So, All right. Well, then, um, let's have some intro music and get to our topic. On Christmas is a term that has been penned in recent years. Uh, Bill O'Reilly was known for having a war on Christmas segment on Fox News just about every year. And uh, it also seems to be something that uh, political pundits like to talk up, talk about, bring up on how various agencies or other media outlets are also waging war on your Christmas. And so the topic for today is the true war on Christmas. Who is really waging war on Christmas. Well, and and before we get into to, to you know kind of furthering that topic, I just have one question because you sort of said it in your introduction here of, of where we're going, and and maybe this is a good place to sort of break open the conversation. <clears throat> you said specifically waging war on your Christmas, um, and and I put the highlight in the your uh, for for the question. Who said it was yours? I, I, that's a great question because a lot of times people are saying this is something I need to defend rather than this is something that I experience every year. Uh, this is something that I have to make sure everybody else does the right way or is this something that uh, is for me and for, for my friends, for, for, for people that I know. I want to share the real Christmas, uh, but it doesn't necessarily belong to me. It belongs to the world. I get that. But just the idea of this is something I need to defend or not. And just to throw an extra wrinkle in there is uh, how how you celebrate Christmas is very different than how other people celebrate. And I, I lived in a country for, for eight years who um, I, I went to school on Thanksgiving and Christmas. They didn't have holidays for these, you know, public um, vacation for these days. So it was quite different having class on Christmas Day, having class on Thanksgiving and seeing how the rest of the world deals with that. It's we we think of how we do things as how everyone else does them and should do them well and i and i think that's that's the point we we move into this realm which i think is a really dangerous place to be when we start looking at ourselves and say the way that i like it and the way that i i want to do it and the way that it's always been done for me must be the way that it always is for for everybody right um, and, and I think that's where, where when we talk about this war on Christmas, and we, we're going to get more into it, and we're going to get to where it maybe originated and how it's being perpetuated. But, but you know, my Christmas traditions that I, I celebrate in my family are not going to be your ter- Christmas traditions. And, and let's be honest, <clears throat> if you miss that Christmas tradition or, or in some way that Christmas, tra- Christmas tradition is altered, does that mean that your Christmas is destroyed or that Christmas is destroyed? Um, you know, we we moved from the the state of Wisconsin when when I was growing up and, you know, spending Christmas with my extended family. And we always had that was like our family reunion was Christmas. We'd go to church together. We would do all these things together. 
as I grew up, that morphed to, well, now we go to church to our own church, and then we still got together with the family. And then all of a sudden it morphed to, well, you know, I got a, my, my brother went into the military, so he wasn't there anymore. And then he had a family that never came because they were way out of state. And then I got a call and I was out of state. And, and so then our Christmas sort of reduced itself to my immediate family. And, and it was just my immediate family. We didn't get together with the big, the big family. We got an invite every year and it's like, I'm 17 hours away. How is that going to work? Um, and so we created our own traditions, you could say, for the immediate family, but it didn't destroy Christmas. I mean, Christmas wasn't destroyed for, for my aunt and uncle because we didn't show up or we weren't there. And Christmas wasn't destroyed for my parents who, who didn't have their grandkids all around them, although they would have loved to do that. Christmas still came and went. Christmas was, was still there. I think that's an important point because the three of us here have all experienced Christmas outside of our our family traditions and and uh, customs. So we've all we've all come to the to realize Christmas is more than just being at a particular place at a particular time doing particular things. Christmas is more than that. Uh, it can be more than that, and it can be still as treasured even if those things are not present. One of the the best examples maybe of this was last year. Uh, starting in Easter, where we couldn't meet in person for Easter, for worship. When did we still celebrate Easter? Was it still Easter? Yes. And then uh, last year, we didn't have the children's Christmas program in person. And I think for a lot of people that, like, that wasn't Christmas. You know, but the circumstances change from time to time where you can't do what you've always done. And does that mean it's not it? And uh, if anything, COVID has been a good opportunity to, to reevaluate some of those things. And you can't, people haven't been able to get together in the same ways in the past and churches couldn't do what they've always done. And so to, to ask and say, what, what is Christmas all about? And I think that's a little bit where we're going to get to. Well, and, and I'm glad you brought it up because, because I'm just going to get all my topics out and then move away for you guys to talk about whatever you want. Um, that's going to take a long time. Actually, maybe not as much as you think. Um, you brought it up. <clears throat> we, we weren't able to celebrate Easter, right? Um, in the way that we wanted to because of COVID and things. I don't see people fighting for the celebration of the resurrection like you see people fighting for this concept of, of Christmas. You, you, you know, to me, okay... We, we, we make this Christmas thing out into this pristine environment, which, okay, it wasn't. It was, it was a stall. It was a manger. Um, you know, it's childbirth. It's messy. It, this isn't, this isn't woo, silent nights and, you know, no animals are drooling, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, if you've ever been in a farm environment, you know, you can't stop the cow from, from going to the bathroom on the floor while you're in the middle of a conversation. Um, so, I mean, this isn't the pristine thing, but we, we are so defensive as a culture, and I use that term very loosely, Christian culture, we're so defensive about how, how the world views our reaction or our desire to have Christmas, and we say absolutely nothing to fluffy bunnies and chocolate and, and stupid shows like Hop. Um, being broadcast on, on Easter, and we we're like, well, no, this is my Resurrection Sunday, and I'll go to church, and it'll be fine, and everything is okay. But, and, but we, don't, we don't say anything about that. And we're like hyper, hyper analyzing what anybody says about a big fat man in a red suit and, and versus the manger. 
Sorry, I shouldn't I'll, have said fat man I'll, in a red suit. I'll touch on one one thing, um, and then hopefully come back to the the second point. But the first one was um, just celebrating it differently or not being able to do it in person. I think a lot of people were upset that we couldn't worship in person, and you know, Christmas again was different. Um, and and people might oh you know they they didn't let us come in person and stuff. Well, is everyone coming back in person now? No, is, is kind of a question. So I mean, that, that's kind of an interesting thing. Is you know, sometimes we get upset at things, but then we don't follow through and and be thankful for what we do have and actually do that. The second one, and I think this will, again, be kind of some of the focus is we might, how much are the Christmas things that we get upset about have anything to do with the real meaning of Christmas? And I think that's kind of what you're saying. Well, yeah, and I, I think that's that, that that's kind of the, the gist of it, you know, Christmas is one of the big holidays, right? In in the church in, in in the church calendar, we say there's two high holidays. There's Christmas and there's Easter. I mean, every day is is probably a celebration and should be properly a celebration of Easter um, and Resurrection Sunday every Sunday. But if you're going to look at the grand scheme, the church has said, okay, you know, we go all out on on Christmas and we kind of go all out on Easter, and those are like the really good ones, you know that that you know if you're going to come to church, those are the ones you're at least going to want to come to church for. But for whatever reason, and, and maybe you can help explain this, why are we so defensive about Christmas? Why? Well, I mean, like if somebody walks into, if you're walking through the store and, and, and we make it a point, Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays, or we drive under the sign in the, in the town and it says Happy Holidays, and we, we, we uproar, it should be Merry Christmas. Um, you or know, the letter that the president sends should be Merry Christmas and not Season's Greetings or Happy Holidays. Yeah. Right. Why are we so defensive of that? And, and, and not equally so if we are so defensive because it's such a religious marker, why aren't we that defensive about everything else? Coming back to, you know, if, if, if worship is so great, why aren't we, why aren't we gathering like we were before? Well, and, and I'll, I'll say this. And uh, I think one of the other th- signs you see are things that people say, you know, keep Christ in Christmas. Yeah. You know, the, focus on Christ and Christmas. Now, how much we, we can, I think it's easier for us to say that. And, and that to be our fight is to, to have this public stance that says, keep Christ in Christmas and get upset when, you know, the, these things are, you know, non-Christian or people are just saying happy holidays or things. But then the question is, how much am I keeping Christ in Christmas? How, how am I focusing on Jesus during this time, not just on Christmas, but as you were saying, every Sunday and every day of my life, how do I prioritize Christ in my life, not just on Christmas, but all the time? And and so I, I'd say kind of your question is, why do we do that? Or why are people so up in arms? I think it's easier to be outraged and angry at the world around us than to actually see how I'm am or am not putting Christ first in my own life. So it's easier to, to rage at the world than to actually be introspective and look at my own life. Are we are we just trying to imitate other faiths who are always outraged about something? Like you can't have a picture of Muhammad, otherwise, you know, people die. Uh, they'll get so upset that they'll cause uh, uh, mayhem that Christians are saying, well, they're, you know, they're taking the sign of my cross and my my Savior's crucifixion and they're, they're um putting it in art 
using it as an art form and, and defecating on it or doing those kinds of things. And we're not doing anything. We're not, we're not outraged. We're just sitting here passively. So we should really be outraged about uh, how they are, how somebody else is, is uh, portraying my savior. But, but I mean, I, I didn't see Jesus rise from the grave and say, what did they do with my cross? Did, did they, they set it aside, right? I, I want that back. I, I want that back. <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that same cross was used for other people later on. I mean, that, that was a good piece of wood. <laughs> I, I, I guess, and, and coming back to, to what James was saying is maybe the problem is coming into what are we known for? And, and, and maybe this is, maybe this opens up the discussion a little bit too wide, but we are we're we're telling ourselves that that okay I want to be known as the one who fights for Christmas but 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 are you fighting for Christ to be seen in Christmas because you want Christ to be seen in every aspect of your life or are you fighting for Christ to be in Christmas because the tradition of what you grew up with of having a manger and and, and you know what I'm saying yeah and and there's a there's a good book um, called Unchristian uh, by Dave Kinneman uh, and and Gabe Lyons and um, I haven't gone so deeply into it, but their study uh, is is what's kind of key. And they they ask uh, people what are Christians known for, and and the biggest things that Christians are known for are being uh, hypocritical, uh, insensitive, and uncaring, um, anti homosexual, uh, judgmental, uh, too political, sheltered. Uh, and and so this is what we're known for. And and what do you notice about that list? Jesus isn't there. It's it's known for all the things that were mostly what we're against. And and that's that's the biggest problem is this whole war on Christmas too. Are are we actually talking about what Christmas is about? But what we're just angry about and what you know how how people are doing this wrong. And and this gets into that wider picture of. What are Christians known for in general? Are, are we known for the gospel? Are we known for being able to articulate what it means that Jesus died for our sins and that I'm loved and forgiven and that Jesus died for the whole world? Can I articulate that and share that? Or are we no, more known for the law? And I mean, there's a lot of people that think Christianity is just like every other religion and that it's a work-righteous religion. That it's all about being a good person. And there's a lot of, I'm sorry, a lot of Christians that I think believe that too. And so I guess using the word Christian usually, uh, loosely because if you think it's all about being a good person, it's, it might be hard to say that they're a Christian. But that whole idea of what are we known for? Are, are we known just for what you should do? You have to do these things. Uh, no sex before marriage, no homosexuality, no abortion, no this, no this, no this, do this, do this, do that. Or are we actually known for Christ, keep Christ and Christian, and are we known for Jesus, his love, and the gospel? Well, I think it also comes down to to a reality a, a reality check that, because I know, I, I can tell you right now, I can in my head I'm picturing about five or six different members who will say, yes, you can't have any of those things. And there's right to that. I mean, there is the law that comes in and plays that says these things are wrong. They're damaging to you. They're damaging to your relationship, to your savior, to your God. But I but but coming back to where you're going with this is the greatest 
love that the world has seen is God who sent his son to become sin for you, to take those sins on himself, to live the law perfectly that you couldn't live, and to die. And so we, when, we, when we look at Christmas, Christmas isn't the, hey, look at this, a silent night in a pristine manger. It's, hey, look at the sacrifice who's going to, who's really from the very moment he, he enters into this world is stained by my sin. Um, that, that he is starting to take it in. He's starting to, to live for me perfectly and, and will die for me innocently. And, and I think that is the, 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 the part that I think you're trying to yeah, and, and, and maybe to, to get to the part of the me, um, we're really good at being selective about sins and the sins that Christianity preaches about. And 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 the reason, one of the best examples I use for this is we people, you know, preach about homosexuality or these things. But then in our church, and, and I, I do this with my seventh and eighth graders, you know, we talk about that topic and then I say, okay, well, that's a sin like other sexual sexual sins. What about living together before you're married? Okay, that's, say, kind of on the same level. It's a sexual sin. And I asked them how many people know, you know, do you know that are, you know, struggling with homosexuality? And, you know, not many people do. But then I ask, how many of you know people who are living together before they're married? And most of the people raise their hand. And now how do we treat that sin in our church? And how do we speak about that sin? It's kind of just overlooked. And so we we are known publicly for these sins that, and, and what we kind of like to say is I, I'm going to speak about the sins more strongly that I don't struggle with or that I'm afflict. I'm more offended by these things that I don't struggle with instead of the things that, Oh, I might slip into or I struggle with. And, and so we, we do pick and choose. And, and so are we hypocritical? Yeah, I mean, all sinners are. All, all people are hypocritical. So so could it be, and I'm just, I, this just struck me, and maybe it's wrong, but could it be that we're so defensive about our Christmas because we so easily forgot about it ourselves? And we want society to remind us because we, we have, because we are so loosely Christian, and I use again that term loosely, we are so loosely Christian um, that if we don't have the reminder out in the in front of us, we ourselves would have forgotten um, what the true meaning of Christmas should start to make us think. Perhaps it's because we have an ideal of what Christmas should be or what all of our Christmases should be. I don't know if it's rooted in the fact that when we were, I should say, not we, but most people who have a, a positive thought about Christmas or positive memories of Christmas, they're just trying to rehash those memories of Christmas or trying to rehash the feeling that they had at Christmas time, forgetting that the real, the true feelings of peace and joy come to us from a baby in a manger, come to us from the gospel, not from the trappings of Christmas that we find him in. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not good at speaking about this because I've, I've experienced this of the total non-existence of Christmas where <laughs> like it, try that try like all the things that you value for Christmas you know, all the trappings all the you know this food these people this place these smells and remove those and be hours and distance from there and then a in a culture that does no celebrating of Christmas and then you then you have to really come in and say, what is Christmas all about? And and so if you strip away some of that, 
And so that, that would be kind of a thing of like, when you're celebrating Christmas, what are you really celebrating? And it's not to say that friends and family and these foods and these, these are all blessings. These are all gifts from God. They're not bad things. But what are you really reveling in? And our, uh, my co-pastor had a, a really good sermon this last week on, on behold, you know, what, what are we really celebrating? Is it all the other stuff? Or am I really beholding Christ and who he is and that he came to live among us and to die? And he left heaven. He was in perfection. And he came to be one of us and to die for us. Well, and that's, and that's I think, the focus. So, so there's the kind of the religious aspect of it. But, but if, if, if this is the, 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 the point and purpose, why is it becoming such a war? I mean, that's really the focus of the... Of the our conversation today is that there's a war on it and it seems to be that it's, it's maybe it isn't, but it seems to be it's, it's the Christians who are really doing the war. We're the ones that, that seem to be, or maybe we're fighting back and making it worse. Um, is that your impression? Or do you think this is something that's coming on by external sources that are pushing this, this kind of thought? Like when I was a kid, I don't remember ever having to have these discussions about happy holidays and things. I, my, I have a theory. I think it's just uh, the political pundits wading into waters where they shouldn't go. And the waters that they shouldn't go is, is trying to tell us about our Christianity. That's not their job and their place. But when our anchors and our media sources start talking to us about how we should feel about our faith, our Christian faith, that's, I think, that's where, where the problem was. Because the media outlet is, is makes its money, makes its, its uh, it, it thrives on setting our hair on fire. So they have to set our hair on fire for something. So both sides, whether it's a CNN or Fox News, whether it's left, uh, re- left-leaning news or right-leaning news, they're both trying to set us on fire and try to get us on edge so that we'll click on their material and, and listen or watch their stuff. And so I really feel like I brought this up in the beginning of the podcast where Bill O'Reilly talking about the, the war on Christmas, that this is just something that perpetually uh, comes back because it gets your click. It gets your attention, dear listener. Because you're like, oh, somebody's going to talk about the war of Christmas. I'm going to click on that. Or, you know, Casting Nets is going to talk about the war on Christmas. So I'm going to click on that. So I deliberately titled it the war on Christmas just because that seems to me to be the phenomenon is that this is just a, 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 it's a, a, an attempt to lead us away from what Christmas really is about and lead us to a news site so that we would watch their news or, or, or their opinion. However, that being said, I still think that there is a battle against Christmas. There is a war being waged on Christmas because uh, the true Christmas, not your Christmas, not the, the cultural trappings of Christmas, not the, the greetings or, or what kind of television shows you're going to have or watch. There is a true battle that's going on, a battle that's being waged, and that is in our own heart, our own selfish nature, wanting us to lead us far away from what Christmas really is about. And I think it comes to a lot of things that you deal with. There's always a, 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 a nugget of truth in things. And um, one of my favorite blog writers, um, um, oh shoot, Hine in Milwaukee. What's his, uh, James Hine. James Hine. Or oh, John Hine. I think it's James. James John, Hine. James Hine. John Hine is his brother. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. James Hine is the pastor. It, James Hine has this longer uh, a, a They're very, both pastors, uh, a blog with a, a lot of history that he, he does this great job of, of talking about some current topics. I mean, now some of them are older, but he takes an issue and he'll say, where are they right on this? 
where are they getting this right? Um, where is this maybe not right where, or not a truth, uh, not correct? And then he'll come back and answer it, or how does Jesus answer this? And I think in a lot of issues and a lot of our discussions with people, if we just completely agree on one side or we completely brush them off on the other side, you're, you're missing the point. Almost always there's, there's a nuance to it. There's, there's some truth in the middle, and, and, and people have a point about this but the other side also has a point and there there's this you have to look at all of it and say you know where's the truth here where's the truth here is is there an attack on christianity and things well yeah <laughs> like of course um what did jesus say about uh us as christians we're in the world and the world is going to hate you take up your cross and part of having a cross and being a Christian is you're going to be persecuted. The world does not want the gospel. The world does not want Christ. And so is there a war on Christ? Yeah. But is it is the war that we're usually talking about on the war on Christmas, is it usually a war on Christ? Not always. You know, I, I, I like how you said that, you know, there's that nugget of truth in everything. And, and I think we used to live in a culture, a world culture that discussed more to try to find that nugget of truth. Um, and I think we have moved into a, a culture of thin skinned people who are easily offended. And once they become offended, they instantly shut down and they don't want to discuss because the discussion makes you uncomfortable. And we all know that because you have to be able to take in what someone's saying, sift through what they're saying, come out with, with this is what I think I'm hearing from you that, that is maybe a misguided uh, idea or, or whatever, and then respond and have those conversations go around until you come to uh, some type of this is where you're standing, this is where I'm standing. Well, and, and everything's become quite political, and you're either on this side or that side, and you, you can't have a nuanced stance. You can't... if. And and part of it is social media and anonymity. Uh, anonymity. Um, that's your it, that's your one million dollar word for today. <laughs> that um, it allows us to treat people different and say things differently. Uh, we discussed this on our, our at our Bible study this last week, but the fact that if if I say one thing on one side, then they connect every other stance that's on that side. If it's the left, if it's the right, whatever. Yeah. And so there's no there's no capability to have a nuanced conversation, and and that's really what we need. And what I, you know, more and more what I try to kind of discuss with people is our world is messy, our world is is filled with sin, and and Christianity. I mean, God's word stands firm; it, it doesn't change. But our answers in different situations may change based on different things. Now, again, there's certain things that don't change, but we live in this gray world that it's, it's not just give me the answer for this at all time in every place. And no, let's, let's have a, what I might even say is a more loving response and a more nuanced response to say, you know, I can, can love, but also this is wrong or, you know, how how can we be more nuanced with people as well? Well, and 
I don't know if I would use the word nuance, but I know exactly where you're going. And, and that is, you know, talking with people, you know, and having, you know, that isn't that the pinnacle of, of Christianity in the sense that, that we have a message that is worth sharing. We have a message that is worth, and, and, and it is true there, the, we live in a world that is in many, many shades of gray, more on the darkened end of the shades of gray than on the lightened end of shades of gray. But, but we are in this world of shades of gray. And so there, it's always darker than we see it. It's, it's darker than we see it, but it's always in need of, of understanding more than we know. Um, you know, we all like to live in the world of the black and white. Um, but even I, when I grew up, uh, we'd go up to our, our cottage up, up, up in Rhinelander area, um, Pelican Lake area in Wisconsin. And, um, we had a black and white TV with the rabbit ears, you know, and then dating the house or whatever. But even in the black and white TV, it was never black and white. We called it black and white, but it wasn't, it wasn't really black and white. It, I mean, there were some blacks and there were some whites, but it was shades of gray. I mean, a, a lot of it was, shade, I mean, you could tell the difference between different types of clothing. You could, and it was these shades of gray. And, and I think sometimes in this world, like you were saying, James, that, that, that I think is really interesting is, is when God gives a principle within the scripture, right? He gives us a principle and he says, so, so here are the laws, here are the, here are the commandments. Um, or he says, you know, do this or, or, um, whatever. Those are, those are principles. We go back to it and we say, how are we going to apply it in the shade of gray? And, and every person and every family we deal with is not going to be the same. And when someone is an outsider looking into that, they're going to say, well, you, you're the hypocrite because you say this in one way and you don't do this in the other way. Or you say this in over here and you acted that way over here, but you didn't do it over here. Why is that? Um, you are the hypocrite. And, and having the opportunity to slow them down and say, wait a second, each of those families are different. Each of these institutions are different or this, this application is different. Here's, the, here's where we're working from and here's how we're applying it to this. And, and we're trying to do it in the best way according to what God has given us in Christ to, to reach out and share him. In that same avenue, though, in Christmas, we've lost that in many ways. Um, and, and, and the only reason I say that is not because we are looking at, here's the principle of celebrating the birth of the incarnation of our, of our Lord and then leading to the cross, but more it's, we have, we have said the principle is, happiness, joy, peace, um, goodwill towards men outside of the gospel and do it, right? Um, you hear the bell ringing the Salvation Army. You had, you've ever gotten the stairs. You walk by and you didn't put a quarter in and the, the people are like looking at you like, what's wrong with you? I've done the same, uh, have the same reaction with the poppy flowers for veterans. Like, you don't like veterans? So it's, Either that, it's the poppies. <laughs> Is that the poppy flower? Isn't that what it's called? And uh, I'll I'll jump back anyway, real quick on a, this one thing you mentioned of of. Um, I think one of the keys to Christianity is is speaking the truth in love. I can speak the truth, but not do it in love. So I might be right, but the manner I do it or say it in could be wrong and even sinful. And so that's another part of this whole aspect where. If I, I can be completely in the right, but I can be a jerk about it. And, and so that, that deals with so many things in our life where you think of your relationships with your, your spouse or your kids or all these things. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can be right, 
but you can do it wrong. Um, and so th that I think adds to this whole aspect of Christianity and, and how we love each other and how we say what is correct or say what is right or speak the truth, but doing it in a loving way. Which requires self-discipline, which is, means that we are really on a war of Christmas, on Christmas within our own self na sinful nature. Because our sinful nature wants to be it about ourselves, and, and I want to be able them to know the truth. I want them to know what's right here, instead of what is the loving thing for, that, for me to do it for this individual at this time. So, so, I mean, really, you could say that the ultimate problem with Christmas is you. Yeah. Well... Yeah, and me. Isn't that, the, <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't that uh, the J.K. Chesterton quote? He was, you know, that one at all. Um, I think it's after during, around the world time of World War II, or actually he might have been earlier. Uh, but he's the British uh, guy who uh, the the editor wanted people to write in and say what's the problem with the world, and he wrote to the editor, "Dear editor, I am." jk just like that's that's the fact that each and i i've tried to explain this to sometimes that one of the the blessings of christianity is that we see the problem inside of ourself inside of every person and so we we understand what's the root problem is me and every person where there there's other philosophies in the world and and it's this uh, philosophy of education, even to um, Immanuel Kant and others, that if if I teach people correctly, if I just teach them and change them of what they think and do, I'm going to fix the problem. And it's the idea, though, too, and where our world is, those people are the problem. If if I change those people, then everything's going to be okay. And 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 it's you you can just see that in our world so much right now that. It's it's all about them. There's never any look at how am how is this side or how am I contributing to the problem. It's these people, they're the problem. And th that's not Christianity. Christianity is saying each and every one of us is the problem. Well, and that that kind of brings up a little bit before the show you were you had tossed out a concept that that I think maybe is is diving into this realm, which is, you know, what circle of influence are you in, right? You know, if you are in, if you are in an influence uh, or in a family that that recognizes we're all sinners, we all contribute to the mess that we're in. Um, it, your outlook in in how you approach Christmas is different than the one who is. You know, my attitude should be different because everyone's telling me my attitude my attitude should be different, and I don't feel that my attitude is different. So everyone else must be broken because. Um, you know, this isn't, you, you know what I'm saying? Or, or you're in an environment like you were in China where, where the circle of influence is, it's non-existent, you know, you're in an influence of, we don't acknowledge this at all. And so how do you, how do you encourage, you know, what we're supposed to be feeling or what we've convinced ourselves we're supposed to be feeling would depend on what environment you've, you're in and the circle of influence that you have. I mean, if you come from a Christianized family, um, your 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 idea is going to be different, right? Um, and and I, I I think this is true too. Just in general, on, on a Christmas day, I'm not talking about Christmas Eve. I'm talking about Christmas Day. How many families show up? I mean, that there is there is there is something 
maybe it's traditional about it or non-traditional, but it's it's something about you know uh, the the family who every opportunity we can go to church, we try to go to church. They're going to be there, right? And then you have the ones. Well, we have other things to do, and and that's just not our tradition. We don't go. It's that circle of influence of what's important, you know. We had twenty five days of of getting ready to be joyful, and and now on the twenty sixth day, I'm tired. Yeah, and I and I think it's it's easy for us to rail on a day, and I think more than this, it's it's the attitude of those days leading up to it and after and. And what is what is my heart really concerned about? And what is my heart really focused Presence. on? Presence. And, and what 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 gives me joy? And what what am I going to get frustrated at? You know, like these things lack of presence. You know, <laughs> exactly <laughs> the wrong present of these things. And and so, you know, just and understanding life in your family and um, Christmas can be hard because it's uh, stresses and all these things. And and hopefully, if we're focusing on Christ, there's a, a lot of love and forgiveness and a lot less stress and a lot more forgiveness and a lot more grace and grace upon graces and peace and peace. Well, enjoy. But speaking of all of the things that, you know, we've talked a little bit about it, but you know, Christmas is one of the, the the highest depression times of the year because you have families either or people who don't have that in their life. You know, people who think well of them or, or want to reach out to them or for whatever reason they're in a, in a position where they can't enjoy those things. And so you have these heavily depression times you have, uh, um, people who will purposely go out and try to find somebody to date or, or to say that they're connected to in a relationship, um, during the time of Christmas and the holidays, because, you know, you shouldn't be alone. Um, and they're so deathly afraid of the, the idea of being alone. Um, that is that a cultural thing? I mean, have we done that to our society? That because I don't I don't remember ever preaching that from the church, from the pulpit. I don't, I don't think it's just our culture. I think it's that runs in a lot of cultures. There's um in, in the Chinese holiday, when people go home, they will hire a, a, a someone to be a boyfriend or girlfriend, so that they don't have to go home without a, a spouse and so that the or without a, a boyfriend or girlfriend so that. And this is, you know, of course, extreme examples, but, you know, people hark on them to, to be in a relationship. And so, like, they'll just hey, come home and pretend to be my boyfriend, girlfriend. It's, a lot of Hallmark movies have that same frame. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're moving. Right. We're, we're moving into the, I want to start that business, by the way. <laughs> Having, is that legal? I don't know. <laughs> like a, Uber for dates. Yeah. Uber for dates. <laughs> Your holiday so, date shop right here. <laughs> Yeah, my son is eighteen and <laughs> fresh out of college. <laughs> We're going down a wrong. <laughs> just do a, get down to arranged marriages, and then you know that solves that problem. Yeah. I know we had a really you guys had a really good uh, podcast before you know before Dave BD podcast uh, episode ten called Let Sears Prepare Them for Christmas, where you, Will, and Pastor uh, Winsberger and Lexi Tuttle, Tuttle, is that her name? Yep. Talked about all of the different things that uh, you'd use to prepare yourself for Christmas. And, and uh, you did talk about, well, what is what really gets you ready for Christmas? Is it all of the uh, trappings? Is it all the customs? Is it getting ready for all the parties? What really gets you ready for Christmas? And I like what you're talking about, James, as well, as that Christmas... 
for us isn't just about a day, but an attitude that we have this time of year because of what we remember, what happened, um, the the birth that we're celebrating. Yeah, and you know how how do we do? That? And I think that's that's for each and every one. I think a pastor can do the same. Uh, you, you can be so focused on the getting everything done and focusing on all the services and just not just relishing in what Christmas is about of, of Christ being incarnate of him taking on flesh and being one of us and the love that, that consists of. So if, if, you know, whatever that is through devotions, through, you know, your, your Advent devotions and, and focusing on that, um, that, that's what it's really all about. And that's hard. And, and I, I mean, coming just from the church side, you know, you have so many services, so many bulletins to print, so many sermon. If you're if you're if you're the only pastor, um, in the church, you're going to be doing all of the services, um, and so you know, spending time with that. And then in a, in this week, you know, you have, um, you have Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, first Sunday after Christmas, and it's like there's no. There's no off switch, uh, and no no way to get off that route, um, so you can slow down a little bit, um, and that makes it really difficult. Um, but I, I I think, you know, I I go out in and you you walk into stores, and we did some some Christmas shopping, and there were some people that said Happy Holidays, and I didn't feel the impulse to Correct. jump on them and say, you know say Merry Christmas or anything else like that. And I'm like, yep, they are some holy days that, that you said, how you said happy holy day. That's I'll acknowledge that. That is great. Um, and I, and I kind of walked on, but one of those things is, you know, I, I think the war for me is, is much less a political thing. Cause I, I really could care less what other people are going to call this, this day that we've assigned to celebrate the incarnation. I think the really the war for me is between my own sinful nature, which we've sort of been talking about. That that's always fighting me. That that I'm filling this entire month with work and trying to get everything done, and and even this week, it's it's just filled with sermon after sermon after sermon to the point where where I go home and I'm like I'm sermoned out, I'm like quite literally. I don't know if I can think about another sermon right now, and but I still have another two to write. Um, and and you're like, well, can I just repeat? Can can I just pull, <laughs> you know, you, you start worrying about, you know, is the service going to go well? Do I have an organist to play? You know, um, we have other things that we're going to be trying to do. You know, the, it, it becomes less about focusing like it should be and more about the work that it's going to entail. And I can only imagine that's going to happen with people who put on celebrations for their family, right? Um, you know, do, do we have the right trappings? Do we have the right settings? Is the house clean? Have we hid everything into the closet appropriately? Not the closet with the coats, the <laughs> other closets, so that no, you know, did you know? No, you can't take your cousins up to your room because that's where we have all the all the junk for right now, so that it can overflow once, you know. But you look at all that and you you say, okay, these I I know what it's about. I, I mean, I I'm a confessing Christian. I love my Lord. I know what it's about. But how easy it is for me to have that battle inside. And then, and I think the other part of that then is, you know, what we, we've kind of talked about this, but then, you know, you mentioned the um, people saying happy holidays. And I, I noticed this on a, a, a video on Facebook where it was a some band, maybe Pentatonix or something, and they're doing an ad for some company and they're saying, 
a bunch of stuff and at the end and with happy holidays and at the end all the comments are just like why can't you say merry christmas and you know we're just raging about things and and you think about coming together as your family and what are you probably going to discuss is you're going to probably discuss like all these issues and raging about stuff and politics. One, one of the, the things that uh, I think a lot of this deals with is just uh, us taking offense to so many things. And uh, there's, there's a book that um, I'm, I'm doing with our, our school faculty that I, I read through once. And I think it's, it's one of the, a, a really, really well done book that really focuses on the gospel, but it's called unoffendable. The author's Brant Hansen and his, his whole point really is uh, there's a lot of uh, talk about like Christians being angry and, and righteous anger. And, and his real beginning, his thesis, his question is saying, who is right to be angry? Who's the only one who's really allowed righteous anger? And he says, really, it's only God because he's the only one who's righteous. And so all of us, we aren't usually right in when we're angry there's, there's different things that uh, most often when, when we're angry, we're actually angry at something that's not really affecting me, um, that, you know, it's, it's something bigger, something out there that, you know, maybe it's wrong, but it's not against me. And then often, if it is against me, often maybe I'm even at fault. Um, and then uh, some of the bigger issues is when I'm angry, Am I going to handle the situation in the right way? So there, there's a lot of discussion on in the book about just should Christians be offended? Should we get upset about all these other things? Now, it's not saying to to just let things go. It's, it's not saying to ignore wrongs, but it's saying to handle them in the right way and to do so lovingly and how can I be known by, again, that whole question of what are, instead of being known for what we're against, how can I be known for what I'm for, what, what the gospel is? So, Well, isn't that sort of um, Samuel, right? When the people of Israel um, wanted a king and they came up and they said, can we have a king? And he got all upset about it. And the Lord said, why are you upset? They're not denying you. They're denying, they're rejecting me, Right. And maybe that sort of plays into that. And I haven't read the book, but I'm, I wrote it down because I'm going to probably purchase it and read it. Um, but it's one of those things where we 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 project ourselves onto other people, but we never internalize or we over internalize what other people may be projecting onto us. Yeah, they they have a character flaw. Because of they did something wrong, but then when we would do that very same thing wrong, there's always well, it's because uh, some situation. I had a bad right. day. I didn't get enough sleep that night. We don't we don't uh, um, take accountability for our own actions. And uh, one of the one of the things I was thinking about is one of the reasons, perhaps I was just why why is uh, other than our sinful nature, which is the obvious one in the room, why we get so offended on things because we want to make ourselves look good and look make others look bad. But just this, this irrational fear of the slippery slope, like if we allow this thing to happen, then the next thing that's going to happen is going to be even worse. Where if we would dispel ourselves of the notion that there is a slippery slope and just think of things of things are going in a certain direction, yeah. right? So whether they go fast or slow, it doesn't matter. They're just heading in that direction. Just because we allow something to happen, we allow someone to say happy holidays to us doesn't mean that tomorrow someone's going to come away and take away your Christmas tree. Uh, it's, 
it's just this is the way our world is. Our world is not necessarily going to understand what Christmas is all about. But acknowledging that, acknowledging that's the direction that it's going. So how will we respond to that direction? Not that we're going to try to defend this slippery slope uh, of something that's going to hit off a cliff. We're just going to say, well, let me try to bring Christ to this person. How, how can I show uh, them love and show them the peace that I have in Christ and what he has done rather than uh, defending a cultural Christmas? And and I think this hits on one of my favorite parts of the, the first few chapters where uh, he talks about what we should expect in other people. And and the reason I, I bring this up is because this this becomes kind of the the Christmas theme of, of so many movies that um, Christmas is all about love and about loving others and, and just dig deep. And, and, you know, this Christmas miracle is that someone loved the other person. And there's, there's kind of a truth to that, but it's different because uh, he, here he, uh, he, he, I'll, I'll kind of uh, quote one of just a little paragraph of it. Uh, he says, yes, the world is broken, but don't be offended by it. Instead, thank God that he's intervened in it and he's going to restore it to everything it was meant to be. His kingdom is breaking through bit by bit, recognize and wonder at it. War is not exceptional. Peace is. Worry is not exceptional. Trust is. Decay is not exceptional. Restoration is. Anger is not exceptional. Gratitude is. Selfishness is not exceptional. Sacrifice is. Defensiveness is not exceptional. Love is. And judgmentalism is not exceptional. Anger is. And and the key to that is the world around us is is filled with this. It, we sh- Should we expect good from people? The truth is we really shouldn't expect good from people. We're sinful and, and we, we hope for good and, and, and we want people to be good. But the key to this is these good, where do these good things come from? These good things come from God. And, and most of all, we're enabled and empowered to love each other when we know the gospel and, and when his word is, is working in us and, and growing in us. And, and, and that's what's exceptional. So Christmas is, is very exceptional because it's the most exceptional thing ever. Christ was born f- from Mary, you know, this, this miracle. And God came to live among us, this miracle, this this completely unexpected and uh, prophesied, but uh, amazing thing. And these things are exceptions. Well, and, and, you know, we, we had talked about this before numerous times that, that when you get to those concepts of love and you get to the concepts of justice and anger, um, you know, those, those concepts have a true and right thing that, that embodies them all. And that is God. Those are attributes of God. God is righteous anger, right? God is justice. God is love. And, and so when we talk about those concepts, we don't really fully understand them unless we are in him and, and, and they are communicated to us. And, and that's really this, this time of the year is Jesus is communicating to us what love is. He gave up everything for you. Jesus is communicating to you what sacrifice is. He, he's here for you to die. Um, Jesus is telling you what anger is. Sin is unacceptable. Someone has to be punished. I will take it. Um, Jesus is is showing you what true justice is. Um, not that not that you can try to talk your way out of it, but that it is doled out the way it should be. And and truly, he's even going to tell you what unfair is. Right? 
I don't know if that's really a divine quality, but he's going to tell you what's not fair. It's not fair that Jesus takes it, but he does it anyway. Um, and then the response is, um, and maybe unless you have another comment, this is maybe the way to sort of head out to the show. Uh, the response is live in joy and live in peace and live in harmony with your brothers and your sisters. Um, and, and this is not just for this month and it's not just for, um, until January. There's a lot from this that you can use in your sermons, especially the part about wearing pants. And with that, we wish you a very happy holidays uh, and a Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas and a new year.